0: Sup, nerds? This is In My Expert Opinion, a podcast about the nonfiction side of speculative fiction. Your hosts are Dr. Marcus Cole.
1: I get paid to do science.
0: Sarah Ward. I'm a scientist in progress. And me, Abby Cole. I'm not a scientist at all. Join us as we geek out about the made-up stuff we love and the real stuff that shaped it. Today, we're going to talk about Skyrim at long last, as well as the history of blacksmithing and some fun smithing terminology. So
1: pumped.
0: We are very excited to talk about Skyrim, are we not?
2: Uh, one of the greatest video games of all time.
1: I would argue the greatest game of all time, and this is the hill I I've decided that. to die on on our pod—the first hill that I. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually didn't play Skyrim for the first time until two years ago. It was after Abbey and I had moved in together, and she like saw yeah. my unopened Legendary Edition and mm. was like,
0: "I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh man."
2: Anyway,
0: let's tell people what Skyrim is, shall we? Uh, Skyrim is a fantasy open world game. It's sort of a medieval Scandinavian esque type of vibe. Uh, and it is the fifth in the Elder Scrolls series from Bethesda. In Skyrim, there are a bunch of different skills that you can build up. So basically, you go around and kill evil things and like monsters and dragons and shit. You absorb the souls of dragons. Yes. Yes, because uh. you're the dragonborn mm-hmm. and then you like shout at things and it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, you can learn how to scream like a dragon and a lot of other things.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, So there are different skills that you can sort of cultivate depending on the kind of build you're looking for for your character. You can go sort of sneaky kind of archer.
2: There's some magic-y type stuff. I was actually wondering if you guys have like a favorite build to play in your many, many hours of Skyrim playing. Of course. What's yours, Marcus?
1: My favorite build is my Dark Brotherhood Khajiit. Mm. Yeah, my like uh, archery is like maxed out. Nice. It's just fun to snipe draggers from like yards away, dude. It's just.
0: So, I totally uh, agree. Oh, yeah. I feeling. also
2: love playing a stealth archer.
0: It is really. It's really, really hard to beat the sneaking archery stuff. Uh, I am also a huge fan of the illusion magic. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because I like just rolling up and being like, all right, I'm level 100 illusion. Now everyone in this town square is going to kill each other. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Roll up to an enemy cave. Actually, run away from me and kill each other.
0: Actually, you're mad. Uh,
2: You're mad at each other and not at me. And I'm just going to stand here and watch you die. (laughs) See, I just like putting on the nightingale armor. Mm-hmm. conjuring a bow, and just slowly sneaking around and wrecking shop. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's a whole aesthetic. I, f- I feel that.
2: But uh, actually,
0: none of us have mentioned the skill that I'm going to talk <laughs> about today, which is smithing. Mm-hmm. Smithing in Skyrim is a real project.
1: Dude, it's fun, though.
0: It's, it's, it, it, yes, the the rewards are great, yeah. Uh, but it is tedious to level up. Basically, in order to get better at smithing, you have to make... 4,000 fuck tons of iron daggers and slowly drag them to shops and (laughs) sell them one at a time.
2: (laughs) What I did was position myself either in Whiterun or Mm -hmm. in Windhelm so that I was near an enchanting table too, so I could get that going at the same time. And it was like, I'm going to make 30,000 iron daggers. The game's going to keep telling me, you're carrying too much to run because I have a 1,000 pounds of daggers (laughs) on me as I slowly claw my way to the blacksmith to say, hello, sir, I just bought all these iron ingots from you and then I've turned them all into daggers. Would you like to purchase them back? And then I do that like 50 times in a row and then suddenly I have a level 100 smith character.
1: Dude, my only high smithing character was like my red guard that also had demonic arbor. And who was just hanging out in White Run?
2: The what is it? The Daedric stuff? Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah.
1: chilling my big ass house in White Run, but I would come out of this scary ass armor, and also just getting stared <laughs> at as like a red yeah. guard. They're like, uh ah.
2: oh god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Smithing's a fucking pain in the ass to level up, but you can make some dope shit. Um, my current playthrough, I have made some extremely well enchanted and very awesome magical dragon scale armor, oh, which I think is nice. my favorite armor.
2: I mean, it looks like when you're playing this like Dragonborn character yeah, and you're like trying to live out this like medieval fantasy of like saving the world. That armor does like fit the picture way more than my favorite armor, which is the Nightingale armor, which is peak aesthetic, but maybe not what you think of when you think of savior of the world. Yeah. The Nightingale armor you get on
0: the Thieves Guild Mm -hmm. quest Mm -hmm. and it is very thiefy vibes. So beautiful. So sleek. My, the reason I prefer the dragon scale armor is mostly because I spend so, so long in character creation. I make beautiful face, beautiful hair, feeling really good about it. The nightingale armor, you can't see any of that shit, man. Mm-hmm. I got to show off my beautiful face and hair that I spent truly so long <laughs> in <the> character creation <laughs> trying to get it right. No,
2: that's fair. <laughs> anyway, this is a great game. It's a great game. But there's a lot of great armor and weapons in the game. Yeah,
0: yeah, the armor and weapons are super cool. Yeah, when I started getting into the idea of going into smithing for our topic this week, I was like, here I go. I'm going to figure out how smithing works. And then I got about two paragraphs in and I was like, ha ha ha, I don't know anything about metals. So instead of actually talking about the sort of procedures and structure, I'm going to be talking more about the sort of philosophy behind smithing and the history of blacksmiths. Please don't ask me anything about alloys. I know almost Mm -hmm. nothing.
2: You can save it for whenever me and Marcus start talking about polymers later. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll talk about allies, and then we'll start talking about, like, Kevlar and shit, you know?
0: Yes. I, I decided that was not my terrain. If we're going to talk about
1: smithing at all, you should just mm-hmm. watch a couple episodes of Forged in Fire. Because this will teach you everything. It'll literally teach you about smithing.
2: Dude, I love that show. I have seen Forged in Fire. Yeah. Oh, so good. That show is really fun.
1: That's all you need to know about smithing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to get into sort of the background of it. Everyone can just learn from Forged and Fire if they want to. No, we'll save it for you guys later. (laughs) One of the things that I stumbled upon early on in my research that I decided it was a rabbit hole I wanted to go down was about sort of the liberal arts versus the mechanical arts. Have you guys heard of this distinction before? Mm, I've never heard of the mechanical arts. Yeah, never heard
1: of the mechanical arts. Okay,
0: so this is like an ancient Greek philosophy thing, which... I will come back to every opportunity I get because I love Duncan on these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it about cheese?
0: <laughs> yum, yum. This one's not about cheese, no. Uh so the liberal arts we sort of think of as like a college y thing for hippies or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. I don't know what what do you guys think when you hear liberal arts?
2: I always just thought the liberal arts was anything that wasn't like STEM.
1: Anything non-STEM, okay. history, literature.
2: Yeah. Like all this humanities stuff. Yeah. Like I thought all that was liberal arts if it wasn't a STEM department.
0: You guys are wrong. Yeah,
2: that's fair. Okay. I, I was using it as an <laughs> extremely umbrella term, yep. so
0: No, you're not you're not totally wrong. That's how it is. You know, that's what it does refer to these days, obviously. But classically speaking, there are seven liberal arts. Mm -hmm. There's the trivium and the quadrivium, which, as you might guess, add up to seven of them. The trivium are grammar, rhetoric, and dialectic. What the hell is dialectic? It's like how you understand things. Oh, God, that's like the worst possible. Well, maybe not the worst possible, but it's like sort of about how you understand things. Okay. And, cons- and how you consider them and discuss them. Okay. Um, and then the quadrivium is arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. Oh, there's actually STEM stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So you've got two kinds of math, uh, one kind of science, music, And then three kinds of writing related. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I guess like Hmm. speech and like arguments, like if you like structure like words.
0: Yeah, like debating and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's the ancient Greeks, right? They didn't have, like, real science anyway. So it's not surprising they didn't make the cut. Mm. But yeah, those are the liberal arts. So that's from ancient Greece. And then in the ninth century, John the Scot. Oh, the Scot. Yeah. He had a Latinate version of this name that I didn't bother with. (laughs) John the Scot is much easier.
1: Was that just how liberal arts were for, like, centuries like over until like we get to the ninth century like that was the definition of liberal arts up until that
0: point it it continued to be the definition beyond that point we're just introducing a new thing in the ninth century
2: okay so there was liberal arts and then this guy came up with mechanical arts to add on to his like various arts
0: yes John the Scott said there were seven mechanical arts to parallel. I think that's just copying, actually. (laughs) But here's the thing. He didn't even name what those seven were.
2: Wait, he just said there were seven?
0: What? Yeah, and he, well... Whoa,
1: come on. What? If you're going to plagiarize, at least completely (laughs) plagiarize. I (laughs) know,
2: right? What the hell is this?
0: No, no, no. Well, the research that I did around all of this stuff, I should have said this up front, but it's like, it's a lot of, like, amorphous wiggle room kind of stuff. I found a couple of contradictions here and there. So, the conclusions that I've reached here are just sort of based on the best cross referencing sure, I could possibly yeah. do. There are some people who say that he named them at the time, but I couldn't find anything to substantiate that. Hmm. So, I am going with this other version, which is that he just had kind of a long list of mechanical arts at the time.
2: <laughs> he said pick seven.
0: <laughs> 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 Reader's choice.
1: Self guided class. Like, here you it's go. A choose your own
0: adventure. <laughs> I think mythologically speaking, the liberal arts were like the gift of some god to his lover or something like that. And he was like, and he also gave her mechanical arts. Also the mechanics. Seven (laughs) of each. The mechanical arts is like a really wide range from like technological to economic subjects. So we've got like, here are some of the options you have. Okay. Shoemaking. I won't choose that one. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. That quest could be fun. I'm like imagining this all in like Skyrim.
2: (laughs) I know, right?
0: Oh, excellent. Please take these shoes to my father in Shorestone. Yeah. And then I'll marry you for your kindness. Yeah, so shoemaking, armaments, commerce, tailoring, metalwork, alchemy, and occasionally agriculture, navigation, music, and then I quote, among others.
2: First of all, music was <laughs> already listed, you fucking idiot.
0: Music was already listed. God, if you're going to
2: plagiarize. You can't just be that blatant about it, my dude.
1: But so uh, he does name alchemy as a mechanical art.
2: He does name alchemy. I'll pick that one. Yeah. Might be too
0: tedious to pick all seven. Just, Embarkus, you want to make another pick besides alchemy?
1: <sighs> yeah,
2: but it's, let's each like, draft i'll pick
1: can you elaborate on the armament is that smithing creating armor
0: i'll get to uh more of this guy's stuff in a little bit here because he's in the like 12th century oh cool but in terms of the armament thing he classifies uh all such materials as stones woods metals sands and clays under armaments oh cool yeah i'm down
2: Okay, so I'm seeing some overlap between some of these categories, I'm noticing.
0: This is, you're sort of hitting on the trouble I had with figuring out which way was up when I was looking through this stuff. There's a lot of overlapping shit. Anyway, that's um from Hugh of St. Victor, but we'll get back to him in a minute. Got it. Anyway, so we've got uh John the Scott from the ninth century, Lynn White Jr., who is a historian named without context in one of the texts that I read, uh-huh. claims that uh <laughs> it was just like, you know, Lynn White Jr. That guy. I was like, oh, Okay. Okay. Sure. He claims, I'm gonna go with he claims that they didn't get uh these mechanical arts didn't get philosophical consideration until later because of like class distinction, right? So like while these liberal arts, grammar rhetoric, etc uh, are getting all this like oh what does it mean to be a rhetorician? What does it mean to be a geometrician? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these like
2: shoemaking and
0: tailoring and
2: I mean that's pretty clear yeah, yeah. right like that's like someone who has that job. There's like right. a cobbler
1: people that like do labor and like work with their hands versus like people that kind of like sit and ruminate and discuss things.
0: So it's not for, like, a long while that we start to sort of think about uh, the mechanical arts as these sort of, like, noble pursuits. Huh. Um, And there's also some, like, real fucking haters of the mechanical arts. Oh, interesting. I I was reading about uh, the 6th century saint, uh, Saint Augustine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He believed that the mechanical arts, both, like, technology and magic, apparently, with whatever the fuck that means, (laughs) both sought to gain control over nature, which is perverting God's design, and therefore it's all anti-Christian.
2: He was a nerd. He was like, get these fucking laborers out of here. (laughs) Although I guess he wouldn't have referred to it as mechanical arts at the time, right? If he was sixth century.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of this. I mean, we're sort of getting in circles here, but um, there was a lot of this like referring to them retroactively i mm, guess mm-hmm. as mechanical arts because ostensibly this is before john the scott called them the mechanical arts but he is referring to that kind of thing of like if you're doing like smithing or shoemaking or whatever you're like trying to control nature which is like anti-god or whatever i'm
2: sorry making shoes is trying to control wow. nature this dude is over here going like walk around barefoot Bro. idiots. <laughs>
0: it's a perversion of god's design Yeah. So in his book called The City of God, St. Augustine describes crafts, which is sort of the mechanical arts, Mm -hmm. right, as at once describing the natural genius of man and at the same time as, quote, superfluous, perilous and pernicious. He says, quote, we do not need to know how to perform these arts, but only how to judge them in such a way that we are not ignorant of what the scripture implies when it employs figurative locutions based upon them. Uh, And he continues to say, among the other teachings to be found among the pagans, including the theory of useful mechanical arts, I consider nothing to be useful. Wow. Wow. Which is fucking rich from somebody who almost definitely never had to grow his own food or make his own shoes in his life. So he wrote a dumb book. Anyway, I'm going to talk about the 1200s now. (laughs) This is my segue to the 1200s. 1120s, actually. So the 1200s, but I can be even more specific than that. This is Hugh of St. Victor, who I quoted earlier um, in terms of the arm- armaments mm-hmm. thing. This is from his text, the Wow. or whatever the fuck. Ooh. Yeah. Hugh of St. Victor is the one who decides like what those seven mechanical arts are. Yeah. And he does it in such a way to parallel more strictly the seven liberal arts. Sure. So he's got three that pertain to external cover for nature by which she protects herself from harm. And these are fabric making, armament, and commerce. Okay. And then there are four to internal by which she feeds and nourishes herself and these are agriculture hunting medicine and theatrics Hmm. this is how he sets it up and and uh tries to parallel that trividium and quadrivium thing here as well got it once Hugh of saint victor rolls this out uh then we start seeing these mechanical arts sort of contemplated as things that you could like think philosophically about and not just like that's what the poor people are doing to theoretically
2: Mm. level up your skills (laughs) and yeah exactly a thing that you might do to reach a hundred if I was (laughs) to put a number on it like a hundred skill maybe
1: that seems appropriate
2: yes yeah okay yeah so that's the sort of philosophical thing I wanted to get into the rabbit hole I chose to
0: follow Mm. and now I want to talk to you about the history of blacksmithing and we're talking western blacksmithing type stuff sure Um, yeah because China did everything way earlier and better first. Yep.
2: That checks out. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Most of what I'm drawing from here is from a text called The Dictionary of Blacksmithing Terms by John D. Light. That's a fun name. D is his middle name or middle initial, rather. So, John D. Light, who like casually halfway through his manuscript was like, oh, by the way, this happened way earlier in China. And I was like, God damn it, John. <laughs> anyway. Uh, John D. Light says that, like, his references are some, like, historical stuff. He's like, but my editor made me take out all the notes and stuff because he said the book was too long. So, like, now the book is 5 to 10% shorter than it used to be. Whatever, editor. And also my references are, like, partly interviews with blacksmiths and their descendants. So some of it might be kind of, like, not, I don't know, like, universal terminology, but rather a specific dude's way of calling it. Anyway, the history that I've got seems pretty comprehensive, but the terms that I'm going to go into in a little bit might be person-to-person basis sure
1: so it's like i guess is the sense that most blacksmiths almost have their own like internal culture like regionally it's like okay we call these things this and this is like how we would like create like this kind of equipment or this kind of weapon or this kind of like armor or shield
0: i'm sure there's a regional element to it but i think it's also just like maybe just bob called it this <laughs> do you know what i mean
1: and then his son jimmy
0: <laughs> yeah exactly anyway so we're talking about western shit John D. Light divided uh, the history of blacksmithing into four periods for discussion's sake. So we've got the longest and most extensive period of blacksmithing history, which is the, quote, bloomery age or the, quote, great age of hand blacksmithing, which is from he marks it around the Iron Age, which is around the second millennium B.C. uh, until the 14th century. So it's a big fucking long time.
2: And this is hand forging, you said?
0: Yeah, this is hand forging. This is before we have any machinery involved with with the smithing process.
2: I guess I don't really know about any machinery that would be involved to begin with. But this is just like when you think of smithing, like anvil, Uh hot ass piece of metal, hammer. Like that's basically what this is talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this
0: is called the Bloomery Age because iron was... What's it called? Oh, smelted. Iron was smelted uh, through a process called blooming. Basically, in these primitive furnaces uh, called bloomeries, the iron, you would put it in, it sort of blooms into this spongy type thing and gets all spongy and shit. And then all of the slags, like the impurities and stuff, sort of get molten and you can kind of tap them off while the iron is spongy. That's fun. Yeah. You can see now why I stopped researching (laughs) anything about the actual process of metallurgy. I was like, this is
2: great. Fine. This is all I God. i don't blame you i don't know very much at all despite watching fortune fire a bunch the yes. only thing i know is a single like a single term and i don't actually know if it's only glass blowing or if it's also smithing what is it a uh, glory
0: hole <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i didn't find that in my dictionary it might just be
2: like uh, a glass blowing thing it's like referring to the hole in the furnace yeah i I have some
0: good shit for you to make up for the fact that I don't think Glory Hole is on the list, although I could have missed it. Uh, But we'll get
2: to that in a bit.
1: (laughs) Um, Glory Hole has a very different uh, meaning. Oh, Uh,
2: no, for uh, sure. That's why I know it is because I think it's super funny that it's also like a term for like (laughs) a fucking piece of a furnace. (laughs) Is that it's like I'm sorry. It's called a what now?
1: No, I like, a glory I mean, hole,
2: really? I was like, who I, came up with that? I'm
1: trying not to laugh so hard. I'm just like, wait, what? This can't be,
2: dude. I know. That's what they That's the only reason why I remember it is because <laughs> of that. Like uh, the the more common meaning of glory hole. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> cracks me the fuck up. <laughs>
0: These earlier furnaces uh, only can produce a few pounds to a few hundreds of pounds of iron at once. And so the people who were like smelting were called bloomsmiths and the people who were forging were called blacksmiths. Hmm. Although it was often like the same dude. Yeah. In the 14th century, the blast furnace came into play. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it was we were able to make like cast iron instead of regular iron. Also, the thing that it allows you to do is make about like a ton of iron a day mm-hmm. as opposed to just a few hundred pounds. So what this subsequently did in terms of smithing is scaled it towards like industrialization stuff, right? Yeah. Because now the smiths don't have to make the iron anymore. They don't have to do the blooming thing. And it's so much easier to make so much so fast that they have all the stuff that they can experiment with all the time. So that's sort of another turning point from the 14th century to the 19th. And then in the 19th century was the Biesmer process. And it became fucking easy to make steel and all this shit. Sure. Smithing starts to move towards like machine tools and steam engines and stuff Mm -hmm. rather than having humans always do it all the time.
2: It's, it's automation, baby. Industrial <laughs> revolution.
0: Yeah, they start to take over what the Smiths had been doing because like having a machine do it can produce these sort of very regular precise parts that then can be put into machines and that are used for fully different things, right? So like I want all of the gears in this specific thing that I'm going to make a million gears for this machine that I'm going to put a million places. Mm-hmm. I want them all to be exactly the same so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, It's easier to control for that when you're not, you know, having a human do it.
2: Yeah, you lose the the technical skill and the artistry.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then it gets even worse in 1856 because we got the Bessemer process, so it just makes it really easy to make a lot of steel fast at once. Again, I'm not going to talk about the actual metallurgy of it because <laughs> it's sort of beyond my ken. So iron starts to become more and more obsolete as steel is easier to make um, and easier to work with. Uh, basically, it became, as Sarah was just saying, it became difficult for smiths to keep up, right, with the, like, wide range of things that we were able to do with metal that they just couldn't keep up on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. So, as Light says in his uh, in his paper, it became, in the 19th century, after the invention of the Bessemer process in the automobile, it became ever more manifest that hand blacksmithing was doomed.
2: Until Forged and Fire came out, exactly. in which case...
0: Put it back you on know. the map. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Fortune Fire. By the way, guys, is a reality yeah. show.
2: <laughs> I don't know if we actually got that out at any point. It's like amateur blacksmiths coming onto the show and like making uh, weapons from different awesome like historical weapons. time periods and areas. Yeah. And then like they test them with like honestly kind of vaguely silly shenanigani like ways, but it's pretty fun. Vaguely Dude. silly. Well, some of them make <laughs> more si- like some of them are less silly than others. I feel like.
1: Yeah, but they make so much Damascus yeah. steel. 30% of the episodes. Like someone like mm-hmm. at some point they're going to need to make like a very sharp multi-layered blade.
2: Yeah, and then someone inevitably fucks it up exactly. and it looks like absolute it looks dog like trash. <laughs> trash. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean smithing is a really difficult skill to cultivate. Anything short of 4000 daggers and I just don't think you can get there. I mean minimum, right? <laughs>
1: minimum. It's a little sad, but we we still have yeah. our backyard Smiths that you can see yeah, on Forged and Fire. Yeah. Keep, keeping <laughs> the art alive.
2: Honestly, with stuff yeah, like exactly. Etsy, is kind of making a comeback too. I can't tell you like the number of like, oh. uh, not just with like smithing, but like woodworkers and yeah. stuff, right? Like people who can like, yeah. Sometimes with the woodworking, especially, it kind of tends to be like with the use of machines and stuff, but you know, artisans who are practicing, like, handcrafted materials and stuff like that and, like, can sell their products online for people who are like, yeah, I could buy this, like, thing that was produced by a machine or I, like, buy this thing that's, like, from a human who made it by themselves and it's, like, unique kind of thing. And, like, that's a huge draw to being able to, uh, because of, like, the internet and, like, fast shipping and communications, some of these things are making a comeback because people are, like, interested in having that kind of unique classic like old school kind of thing absolutely
1: and it's easy when you can like actually like talk like you know who's making it because like you're going through etsy Mm -hmm. you can have like a chat or like they have like a profile on there and like you can now bought a lot of custom shit from etsy
2: yeah and like i went to like a ren fest when i was in texas still and i like talked to this guy who had like made his own axes like he you know did the carving for the handle he like made all the axe heads and stuff like that and we were able to like practice throwing them and stuff and it was like so cool because it that's was like awesome yeah they're really pricey right like they were like 30 to 50 bucks depending on the size kind mm-hmm. of thing uh for like the hand throwing ones but it was like wow like how fucking amazing that i could like own an axe that's unique from all these other axes Mm-hmm. yep you know able to hold one of these and like talk to the person who made it and stuff like that i think is like yeah. really meaningful
0: yeah, it's nice to have that kind of thing still ongoing, even though the sort of obsolescence came into play on, on a more, like, I don't know, practical mm-hmm. level, yeah. which, by the way, John Light uh, is extremely mad at Henry Ford for this. <laughs> He's like, cars fucking ruined everything because people stopped using wagons, right? And blacksmiths who basically used to be veterinarians until, like, the 19th century wait, wait. because they were responsible for, Should like... they
1: do, like, horseshoes?
0: Yeah, that was a huge part of what they did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So veterinary medicine wasn't like its own thing until around the 19th century. And basically blacksmiths did blacksmithing and also horses took and care also of horses. horses. Wow.
2: This is like barber surgeon shit. That's so wild. Yeah, I had exactly. no idea that that connection existed.
0: Yeah, so uh, John Light's fucking Henry Ford, man. Yeah, how dare he? He ruins smithing forever. Ford. Um, there's one more thing before I move on from John Light that I wanted to mention because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's about his feelings about safety glasses. Oh, does he
2: is he anti safety glasses? Okay,
1: I want to hear this one. He
0: he is anti safety glasses. Yeah, he's like, okay, guys, in reenactment villages, you know, like Cooperstown or like what's it called, Williamsburg? Yeah, Colonial Uh Williamsburg, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. He's like, they always have goggles on, but that is dumb because, okay, he's like, listen, I get it. Maybe safety goggles are good, but in this case, the cure is worse than the disease because like, okay, yeah, UV light is bad for you or whatever, but it's way more dangerous to not be able to see the sparks flying up at you and like, you're going to sweat and you won't be able to see that well because they'll be all fogged up. So you shouldn't wear safety goggles. I think that's a
2: real, your mileage may vary because my dad was a welder and does have like permanent like metal shards in his eyes. That like, yes, I don't think was necessarily worth the cost, especially when you consider that you can have different custom fits of glasses to like compensate.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I, I wanted to sort of wind down with some blacksmithing terms from this uh smithing dictionary mm-hmm. because it's fucking funny. Mm-hmm. So I have some ones that I think are silly and possibly entertaining that uh I thought you might want to take a crack at what you think they might be. Love
2: it. Awesome. Are all of them quite as sexual as glory hole? <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> Many
0: of them. Oh, interesting. Not this first one, though. The first one's a beetle. That could be sexual. Okay. You never know. B E E T L E. Beetle. Can you guess what a that beetle.
1: is? Beetle. It was a, a tool.
0: Yeah, well, it is a specific kind okay. of hammer. Cool. It's like an extremely yeah, an extremely large hammer a or sled. It's okay.
1: large. I was thinking this was going to be very small. I
0: was thinking <laughs> was <a> little bitty <laughs> hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the <laughs> one <laughs> you <laughs> teach your like little
1: like your little offspring like you yeah. like you training wheels.
0: Yeah, there's also a phrase called blowing the anvil. <laughs>
2: Wait one more time. Do you, what,
0: could you have any get blowing the anvil? Oh, yeah.
2: It's when you the anvil is like the thing that you yeah. hit the. It's the you use a bellow. You use a bellow on it. Uh, no, like cooling, for fun.
1: Are you using like compressed air and like a little baggie to like cool down the anvil so that you can. I, no. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, this one is for a celebration of Saint Clement's what?
2: Day. You hit a champagne bottle on the anvil.
0: No, you you basically you. You set off gunpowder between two oh, anvils. Why? It's called blowing the That's anvil. Awesome. I don't know. You just you just put them together and you blow it up. Oh, my
2: God.
1: But it doesn't really go far, right? It just, like, pops up and then, <laughs> no. like, makes a loud I think, noise. I don't know
0: exactly. I did not watch any videos of it, although maybe I should have. Weird. <laughs> I'm
1: going to watch a blowing the anvil. There's
0: also coking up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, I know what that one
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's when you
0: get real <laughs> fucked up and then you go make a sword. <laughs> Uh, no, it just is about making fire. It's, it's basically a synonym for, like, making the fire the right temperature. Oh. It's coking up. Isn't that boring? Yeah. It's a great phrase, though. I
1: wonder <laughs> if these are the terms that are still used, like, with, like, some of the Forged and Fire guys. And that, it would make a lot more sense, like, like, what they're all into.
2: Yeah, I kind of want to, like, rewatch an episode right after we're done recording this so I could, like, listen for some of these fucking terms. Um,
0: There's also a uh, monkey punch. Okay.
2: I. I, I... These, are these real? A monkey punches are real terms. Yeah. I'm I'm
1: calling foul play. A monkey punch
0: I, I, I I doubt. <laughs> well, a monkey is a separate thing actually, but the monkey punch is a round hollow driving punch. So basically a tool for cutting holes in metal. Um the next one is a peen. What? <laughs>
2: Come on. Did you put these in any what kind of that? order? No. no. Lights. <laughs> spell it. <laughs> hold up, spelling bee style um, <laughs> Can you use it
0: in a sentence? Yes,
1: please use it in a sentence
0: <laughs> I actually kind of can't Would it help you to know that there are other kinds called a straight peen or a long peen? <laughs> Does that help? Dude,
2: come like, <laughs> Wait, hold what? On. Do any this of the peens go to the so... right or the left?
0: <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> The hooked peen <laughs> <laughs> The name of Curve? I didn't know smithing was so phallic and sexual and
0: drug cure. I had no what is idea. this? To be fair, I have curated this list. Okay. <laughs> Even I, so, this, this is... Just... Okay,
2: I'm just saying, like, for comparison, right? Like, chemists don't have no. anywhere near this number of crazy fucking phrases. That's because
0: chemists are much less likely to get laid than blacksmiths. Wow. Uh, mm.
2: That's an interesting that's rich thing for me you to, to say, say, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wild thing for you to say, Abby. <laughs>
0: a uh, peen is the end of a hammer or a sledge on the side of the head opposite the face. I don't know what that it means. means. It means it th- looks like a penis. Opposite the face? It means exactly what it is. <laughs> it's
1: like yeah. It's a, it's a
0: penis. It's literally like, that's the peen. The peen
2: is opposite the face. The peen. Yeah. All right, great. That was intentional. That one's intentional. Alright,
0: next one. God. <laughs> next one.
2: Rock staff. Okay. Come on! <laughs> Abby, what are you talking about? Come There's, on! The, are there other
1: ones? <laughs> Are, are, you said these weren't yeah, I'll just, mainly okay, sexual I'll, and phallic.
0: To, <laughs> all right. The, I'll, I'll just sort of read you through What's the list of what I have. No, I want to hear what that one is first. The <laughs> rock staff is the handle of the bellows. Okay.
2: Okay. Come uh, on. You could just say bellow handle. Yes,
0: that's the thing. Why would you say bellow handle you when could
1: you could say, say rock staff? staff? <laughs> what if blacksmiths tend to be like not so endowed? And that's why all of their terms sound like
0: rock. You think st- this is all compensation?
2: Is this like the old, the old truck balls? Yeah, kind of trick.
0: <laughs> and
2: or like just like like stuff they would
1: like say. <laughs>
2: Sorry, <wait. laughs> the truck balls trick. Yeah. No, no, that- yeah, you know, you get your fare of like truck yeah. nuts. Yes,
1: dragging, dragging like, so you your nuts all down the highway. So you Compensate. demonstrate
2: on the highway, and okay.
1: your giant F one fifty
2: swinging the the breeze all right I'm gonna try and get through
0: the last four of these mm-hmm. uh, at a, at a quick speed the next one is slippery heat okay, <laughs> okay. there's a there's a, a thing called the boy the is it called uh, the void like void boy no boy like not a girl I'm the uh, boy it's my boy, the boy. <laughs> there's also a uh I can't do this one uh-huh There's also a tip grip. No. Shut up. No. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. No, it's not.
2: No, it's not. (laughs) And uh,
0: the last one is like the last one that I've saved for you guys today is what's either called an asshole or an ass nook. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what? None Are of those
1: were any kind of normal. None of those were like, oh yeah. I think, honestly, now I was so uh stunned by monkey punch that seems so benign now i'm just like oh whatever i know know, i'm like looking back
2: and i'm like okay monkey punch is fine actually (laughs) monkey punch is like whatever
1: oh god wow okay anyway
2: holy mother of god i have so (laughs) many thoughts about blacksmiths
1: now wow you you guys guys should read this (laughs) dictionary man if someone sent you a text message saying yo i'm coking up and blowing the anvil you'd be like what I oh, wait! Don't don't do that! Don't do that! Hold on!
2: Wait! I blocked the numbers.
1: <laughs> Please don't. Like, do you need help?
0: Oh my god! Anyway, wow. I have one more minor thing uh-huh. that's not really a fact, but it sure. is a speculation, which is what we do here. Yeah, the speculation is that. Uh, This is like such a hard left turn, but I'm going to do it anyway. The speculation is that uh, because you need a certain sort of carbon content to make good iron, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that maybe people used to use like ground up bones. What people? Scandinavians? Like Vikings? That, yes. That would make sense. I think it was Vikings. Okay. I, there's like some, this, this idea that perhaps Vikings used to uh, grind up bones to use in sort of the fire so that there'd be extra carbon or whatever the hell. I don't know how that would work. Oh, but anyway yeah. yeah. would making
2: steel, mm-hmm.
1: right? Make it more yes. malleable and tougher.
2: Yeah. Well, sure, maybe. I don't know all the words. So I didn't pay that much <laughs> attention in my mechanical engineering classes, not gonna lie. Anyway, the
0: bones thing that I was getting at with the Vikings is my sort of half-hearted slash valiant attempt to tie it back to skyrim because you can make armor using dragon bones and dope-ass weapons yeah and dope-ass weapons so uh yeah coke up and blow the anvil that's my (laughs) expert opinion oh my god Uh (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to in my expert opinion please remember to rate and subscribe We'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review with your expert opinion on why this podcast is rad. Five-star reviews will get a shout-out on the podcast. Pretty big deal if you ask me. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at expertoppod, or email in myexpertopinion at gmail.com. Later, nerds!